You're listening to SBS News. Hopes of finding survivors is fading as the death toll following two devastating earthquakes in Turkey and Syria continues to rise. The number of deaths from the 7.8 and 7.5 magnitude quakes that hit southeastern Turkey and northern Syria nine hours apart on the 6th of February has now exceeded 33,000. The United Nations claim the number is expected to double as rescue teams continue to probe the rubble. The earthquake also left hundreds of thousands of people homeless across both countries, with many sleeping in tents and cars in freezing temperatures. Turkish officials say old structures have likely contributed to the devastating number of casualties in Turkey. Strict building rules have often been bypassed using construction amnesties, which allow owners of illegal buildings to receive an exemption in exchange for paying a fee. Turkey's Environment and Urbanization Ministry claims close to 13 million buildings have been built in violation of regulations, creating an infrastructure that civil engineers say was incapable of handling the disaster. Rescue worker Isandala explains. The building company threw concrete pieces and coal ash inside. Construction, sand pile, that's it. These constructions were not supervised by the state. So many people died because of these actions, because there was no control. Turkish authorities have taken targeted actions against building contractors allegedly involved in illegal construction methods of buildings in the country. Many of those who survived the first quake, which ranks as the world's sixth deadliest natural disaster this century, now face an uncertain future as they wait next to the wreckage. Some of the survivors have the means to leave, some have no choice but to leave, and some want to stay back in the homeland they have known all their lives, but they are worried about what tomorrow holds. Mehmet Aslan is a 28-year-old Turkish man displaced by the earthquakes. We are two families, seven people, living in one tent. Right now there's a shortage of tents and we have it here too. We don't fit anymore. We're also battling the cold. There's the problem of being cold. Everyone feels it. I don't know. What will we do? I don't know. There's no electricity. There's no water. We can't go anywhere. We're waiting by the tent, but it's cold. We've got small children. We can handle it, but the small children, they're one-year-old, two-years-old, newborns. What do we do with them? United Nations Relief Chief Martin Griffiths, who visited the border crossing of both countries at Bab al-Hawa, says they are boosting humanitarian measures to urgently meet the needs of survivors. What we're seeing here is a convoy of humanitarian aid. We have a daily convoy going through. We have about 10 trucks in this one going through provide for the urgent humanitarian needs of people in northwest Syria, over four million of them who need our assistance and for whom the earthquake has been an extraordinary, devastating experience. The humanitarian chief says the UN is set to conduct an appeal for a three-month humanitarian phase for the earthquake response, which will be launched soon. 
private donors and volunteers from Tokyo have also mobilized to help the millions of people affected by the earthquake. Volunteer chef Arda Zo says they are feeding about 50,000 people. We're feeding them twice a day. Our group is about 45 people, give or take. Everyone is volunteering. They've all left their homes, their spouses, their jobs to come here. Everyone is a volunteer. We are not a non-governmental organization. We don't get support from anyone. Everyone has dipped into their own pockets. But for some survivors who lost family members, grief has turned to rage over claims of the ineffective response. 60-year-old Turkish man Zeyfa Mahmut Bankuk cries out after losing his mother under the rubble, following 24 hours of waiting for help. It's enough. She died here on Tuesday. It happened in front of our eyes. I don't want it. I don't want any aid organizations. I don't want foreign aid organizations. I don't want AFAD. I don't want it. I called everyone. They say, we're volunteers. They say, we're not qualified. Things have been in this state since Monday. What is this? We do not want aid organizations. We do not want it. We do not want to eat or drink. We want our lives to be saved. Syrian survivor Abdelmanem Qasem al-Razouk claims the world has abandoned Syria. The whole world let the Syrian people down. If this destruction was in Europe or a foreign country, the whole world would have gathered to rescue those killed. But here, no one cares. We were displaced. No one asked about us and we were bombed and barrel bombs were dropped. No one cared about us. We are getting nothing from Turkey and not from the government side. We are besieged. Sheikha Al-Hamidu, an emergency room doctor in Bab Al-Hawa Hospital, also claims he reached out to international aid organizations for help, but all they could offer were body bags. UN Relief Chief Martin Griffiths says more help is required urgently. More than 100 countries have sent first responders to help rescuing people who have been under the rubble. But we're going to need more than that. Because the next phase of this tragedy will go after the people who've lost their homes, whose children don't have schools to go to, who have no food, who have no money, who depend on the generosity of the Turkish people, the Turkish government and the international community. The United States has also called on the UN to vote to allow more aid access to Syria via Turkey year. Under a Security Council mandate, the UN has delivered aid to millions of Syrians in the Northwest via Turkey since 2014, but it is currently restricted to using just one border crossing. Omar Bello, SBS News.